0: Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark
1: Paul, Justin Baker, co host. Here we are. Here we go. Playoffs are upon us, and uh, we've got less than two or less than about two weeks left to go in the regular season. And uh, so, with that, oh, 10 days. This works out perfectly because we have 10 storylines to follow as the regular season closes and uh, we head towards the playoffs. So, uh, with that said, we're just going to kind of throw out different topic ideas and uh, things that we'll be watching for here as the season comes to an end and why you too should be watching for these things. And uh, don't forget, you can always follow us on Twitter. And uh, while you're listening to the show in real time, it's not really real time for us, but like it's real time for you in real time while listening to the show, you can tweet at us and, and uh, disagree or, or strongly agree as I'm sure everyone does with me and not with you. That's actually true. Yeah, that's actual. That's true. Uh, although you, you are our main tweeter, so. That's you know, true. They'll, I do. will encounter you more often, I think.
0: Yeah, I do try to look for any way I can to rip on you at some point on the Twitter. I, I noticed that. I noticed that. It's, I, it's a rare thing, though. You've, you've guarded yourself very well. So. I've got, <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Well, let's, uh, let's start with something that's going to happen immediately. Uh, That's actually number 10 on our list Uh, rather than starting at number one. Montreal and Columbus play Thursday night. We're recording this Wednesday night, so they play Thursday night. Obviously, we know both those teams are just in a battle for a playoff spot, that last wild card spot in the East. Uh, Columbus, 88 points. Montreal, 90. Columbus does have one game in hand, and I tend to look at this game and I think – Man, if if Montreal can pull this win out somehow, then I think that Columbus is all but completely eliminated from the playoffs for from what I can foresee for the rest of this season. You you might think otherwise.
0: Yeah, I I would disagree with that to be quite honest because I, for one specific reason and it's the schedule down the stretch, right? I mean, you look at what Montreal's got to do and you know they got to play some tough teams. Obviously, Columbus being one of those teams trying to get in the playoffs, but uh, more so than any, uh, they've got to go play at Winnipeg on Saturday, and then shoot. Yeah, and
1: next then they month. Tampa Bay comes. Yeah, in absolutely. town, and then they go to Washington, Washington. and then they play Toronto. Now, yeah. here's my my the other side of it is that okay, that's fine. Those teams don't have a lot to play for at that point, and if you're Tampa Bay. Are you not thinking,
0: all right, maybe if we lose, would, would you rather play Montreal or Columbus in the playoffs? Well, I I think any team would rather play Montreal. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But I think. And Tampa Bay might have that choice. I don't think Tampa Bay, the way they've been playing all year. I don't think year, they care. I, well, I, it's not that I don't think they care. I think maybe they're not going to let off the gas at any point, I don't think, during the season. Because I think once they do let off the gas, there might be that mindset or worry that, oh, shoot, we slow down a little bit. Come playoff time, we're gonna, we're not gonna be able to pick it back up, right? So I think they just want to continue dominance wherever they can. And shoot, I mean, some of those players are looking at, you know, the the win record here, and you know, as one of our other points, we'll talk about. But you know, maybe they might want to shoot to shoot for that. And, um, but I mean,
1: but that game, like the game against Toronto, final game of the season, it's not going to mean anything for the Leafs. No, 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 you not know, at all. that game is, is so it's going to be Garrett Sparks and net, and likely I think that you see. Some players may be resting. There's oh yeah, a chance. For sure. But you know, I think
0: like Washington, for example, they might still be fighting for that that number one spot in the Metro against teams like Pittsburgh and in the Islanders. So, you know, they might still have to you know lay it on thick and heavy. So sorry, Montreal. Whereas Columbus, they get to play teams like Ottawa, and um, they should have an easier road to the end of their schedule, which, you know, I mean, let's face it, Bobrovsky's been hot lately. I think three shutouts here in his last, I don't know how many games, but he's been hot. He finally looks like the Bobrovsky we've been waiting to see. Yeah. And so this team, I think, has a lot more to play for, given everything that they gave up at the deadline. And I think there's going to be more pressure on them to perform than it would Montreal. If Montreal gets in, great. That's awesome. Good for them. I don't, they weren't expected to get in this year, but Columbus, they were definitely expected to be in this year and not only be in, but be a contender as far as they pushed Washington last year. Columbus has to play Nashville and Boston. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't I don't know where we're getting but, to this place. Uh, those two stay. teams, I think, maybe not Nashville, but Boston, there's a team that I think they're going to start playing their third and fourth liners a lot more because they don't really have to worry, I don't think, about Toronto overtaking them for number two. So Yeah, but I don't know, but, I don't know if Boston's... Them. like To me, Boston, why would they rest their guys? A lot of them have
1: missed... Significant because are a lot of, of older season. guys.
0: They've got a lot of guys over oh, thirty. So we'll see. we'll see. Okay. You know.
1: All right. Um, so the yeah, obviously the playoff race in the East is uh, is pretty cool, but the maybe the the West has, is a little more interesting in terms of you know who who actually can get in. I think Chicago has this
0: like one like a one or two percent chance that they get in. It's very minimal. I mean they've got. Listen, Colorado, 76 game played, but the two teams they've got to jump in front of them, many and Arizona have played 77. So you think even with that game at hand, they win, right? They're only a point behind Minnesota. And then at that point, they're three points behind Colorado. But that win's got to come against the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, they a team that really needs to get it going because they've been struggling lately. And they just, I mean, look, they lost to Detroit last night. They didn't not look good at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at the the, what I can't remember who scored that goal, but Glenn Denning down below the net, and both defenders collapsed on him and just left him wide open in front to just rip it home. And so, again, this this San Jose team is one that needs to get it going. So they're going to be tough to play against. I I'm, think. I mean, I, I yeah. On the one hand, they do get to play L.A.,
1: so there's one win in the in the column for Chicago. But they have to play San Jose. Then they also play Winnipeg, St. Louis, Dallas, and Nashville. So. I'm going to say it right now. Chicago, you're out of the playoffs. Sorry. Yeah, I'm with you there. E- even if Chicago won all the rest of their games, I think there's still a chance that they miss the playoffs. A strong chance. Because that still means that Colorado... I mean, Colorado has six games left. And if Colorado goes 3-2-1 and one over those six games, they still make the playoffs. Yep. And Chicago doesn't. So, our, I mean, I think we're assuming here that probably down the stretch, Colorado figures it out. Although... Such a weird night, uh, like a weird couple nights where Colorado loses to Chicago, Arizona loses to Chicago and Minnesota loses to Nashville where all three of those teams, their last games, they had a chance to jump each other. Nobody could
0: win. (laughs) It's, it's that Western, you know, that bottom half of the Western just all season long. Awful. They just don't know. It's awful. Yeah. Nobody wants to win. It actually
1: is like now that you take a step back and look at it, when St. Louis was behind some of those teams, it's not surprising that they jumped all of them because we knew that St. Louis had the depth and the talent to be with it was just goaltending and then Bennington figured it out and uh and now St. Louis has pulled ahead. And so it's not surprising that they jumped all those teams because none of those teams want to win. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh I I think that's a that's a good transition to uh maybe one of our number eight on our list here, uh the goaltending battles. Ooh, Prior to the playoffs. I really favorite. like this one. Yes. i I really like uh like where your head was going on this one. So let, let's kind of talk through some of these. We'll start with Bennington and Allen in St.
0: Louis. Is there really any argument that so that Allen might start in the playoffs? My only argument is thinking Allen has the experience in the playoffs and he's shown that he can tear it up in the playoffs too in the past. So, you know, if you're St. Louis you're thinking, let's go with the veteran guy, the guy who has shown he can steal a series for us. Yeah, what, I think that was against Minnesota where he absolutely destroyed them. Um, I could be wrong on that. So somebody fact-check me and tweet us. Uh, I, just del- I just deleted your Binnington and Allen. <laughs> Thank this, you. This uh, but awesome. I, you know what? It, I think at this point, it's 90% Bingington, 10% Allen at this point. But, you know. Again, I think you're being still, too nice to too Allen. Too nice?
1: Uh, okay. Lo-
0: well, let's stick in the West is there Is
1: there any chance that Aaron Dell hops in over Martin Jones because I don't think he's really been any better?
0: No, I don't think he's been any better either, but it depends what Jones does down the stretch if he if he craps out and just is absolutely horrible does San Jose say, hey, you know what let's let's give Dell a try in the playoffs, you know Cause same thing happened with Grubauer last year and holpi It was Holpe's net all year long. Grubauer was playing fine, he wasn't playing great, but he was playing fine, and holpi just was that terrible that they were like, crap, we let's put Grubauer in,
1: yeah so. That's true. I, I I guess I could
0: see for, you know, let's say the first two games,
1: St. Louis drops them and they, they get badly outscored by Vegas. You might see Aaron Dell hop in the net. I just don't know how much of a real shift that is. Sure. Uh, whereas, whereas Grubauer versus Holtby, Grubauer was really showing that he was ready to be a number one. Granted, it hasn't really worked out. Um, but I guess Grubauer again for the second season in a row is kind of in this: do we play Grubauer or do we play the other goalie? Which now it's Varlamov in Colorado.
0: Uh-huh. You have some Grubauer has been playing really good. Yeah, as last play. ten, yeah, he's six two and one, nine sixty six A percentage and three shutouts. I think he was the third star of the week for the NHL. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so yeah. He, he's been hot, and I think he's he's the reason, honestly, why Colorado is in that second wild card spot right now. So. Um, not, i mean is goaltending though the reason why they're fighting for their life no, like, no. isn't this the
1: reason uh, to me their goaltending had struggled at different points during the year like Grubauer yeah. has not been great Varlamov hasn't been great they, they've had their little stretches where they've been okay but to me there's been yes there's a depth scoring issue in Colorado but it's not like they're it's not like they're
0: you know bottom of the league in terms of being able to to score goals, no, I mean they got almost fifty they're more tenth, goals than the you know the team in front of them. Right, they're, t- they're
1: tenth tenth in goals. So I mean, obviously the the issue has been being able to defend. I guess they're seventeenth in in uh, goals against, not uh, the worst, but I think it's consistency that's been the issue for them more than anything. That's else. fair. Yeah, so. that's fair. Um, how about uh, we'll, we'll last one in the in the Western Conference, Smith Smith or Richie? Because this one I think is legitimate.
0: Yeah, this, this one is more legitimate than I think almost any one of them. Because uh, Mike Smith, again, we, we've we seen it in Arizona where he can come in and steal playoff series, right? And he can go the distance. He's I mean, he got all the way down almost to the Stanley Cup finals there. Yeah, And so, you know, do you play that guy or do you play Richie who has really, I think, cemented himself as, you know, Calgary's number one at this point and Smith isn't too far behind him. But none of them, I mean, Richie hasn't played outstanding. He's played good. He's played good, but Smith has just been... Below average subpar at this point. Well, and uh, the
1: nice, this is, I guess, the nice problem is that, all right, yeah, you're right. Richie hasn't been out of this world. He's been good enough, and Calgary's been able to outscore any issues and that, and they have a very solid defense in front of them. Uh, What what we kind of thought last season would look look like in front of them. And so I think if Richie falters at all, you're not scared to go Mike Smith in the net. But I do think that you start the playoffs with Richie. Yeah, I, I think
0: that's fair. It's a short leash for sure. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to say, Richie, okay, you know what? We're pulling the plug on you like the first goal against, but you, it's, you know, like you the know. Florida Panthers did <laughs> against uh, the, that game was crazy.
1: The they Leafs was. 7-5, but he was pulled four minutes and 22 seconds into the game. after Gosh. They scored three goals and they pulled them. And yeah, I mean, they weren't all great goals, but they weren't, they were all defensive. Oh yeah, they were full defensive passes for sure. Uh, it was the fastest a goalie had ever been pulled against the Maple Leafs. <laughs> really? Which, like, that's, I mean, the freaking Maple Leafs have been around, around since forever. the 20s. Yeah. So we're that's talking crazy. in basically 100 years, which is a lot of games. No one's ever been pulled that quick.
0: Interesting. That's, that's a crazy. great little
1: stat. Uh, let's go to the Eastern Conference. Uh, your boy, Peter Morazek.
0: Yeah. and McElhaney. Both those guys playing pretty good this, hockey. This one maybe is the hardest one out of all of them. Yeah, I think, you know what? Morazek he, he looked pretty good in a couple of those series against Tampa back when he was in Detroit. However, you know, he obviously didn't get any goal support. Um, McElhinney, on the other hand, he's he's the veteran, right? He's he's the older guy. I mean, he's yeah, the calm. I mean, he's never. No, I don't think he's ever had a playoff start. I don't think so either. So, I mean, I think at this point... You probably go Mrazek just because he does have the experience, but I think again, just like, you know, just like Richie, I think the leash is kind of short here. You know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be that that one is
1: is really honestly I don't know. Like I don't know who they're <laughs> going to go with because Mrazek played well, and then they go to McElhaney, and he plays just as well. So I, I maybe here down the stretch, one guy gets the bulk of the starts, and and we'll then see. we kind of get our answer, or maybe they just hey we're going to start you, but. Or maybe you know,
0: they call up Scott Scott Darling and say, "Hey, oh you ready to start the playoffs?"
1: You know what if they what if they did something where they went, "Yeah, I mean you're going to start, and then you're going to start the next game." <laughs> it's not. I mean, that would be kind of cool, actually. Be interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's go to our last one with Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice. two guys that have uh, essentially turned their careers around with great years. And uh, well, I should say maybe they didn't turn it around so much as <laughs> as Mr. Barry Trotz turned their careers around. Uh, the The New York Islanders lead the league in goals against with 188 goals. They're tied with the Dallas Stars, uh, but granted, they've scored 19 more goals of the Stars. So, uh, who do you th- who's your guy? You're the you're Barry
0: Trotz. Who are you going with for Game One? Boy, against pittsburgh first off both guys 42 games played 22 wins each grice and 926 leonard a 928 say percentage that's the only difference like a razor thin margin between the two yeah. guys yeah I, honestly i think hmm, i would probably go with thomas grice just because he's been around the club a little bit longer he's been there he's got you know a couple years left on his deal but on the flip side if you want to entice Leonard to come back and re-sign him, you got to start him in the playoffs and say, "Hey, you're probably our guy."
1: Yeah, and this might be you lose two games and you're out. Right? Oh yeah, like we're for going sure. With the other guy, especially unless you know, unless they're losing one nothing or you know pulling a Jonathan Quick, having oh, like the greatest save percentage, and you lose all four games. Uh, so yeah, there are a lot of. Those those things to be watching down the stretch of like who gets the starts here in the in the final games and and maybe the very last game of the regular season is actually a really good indicator of who won't be the starter in right the, in the playoffs
0: some rest because that may be a rest yeah uh, where do you want to go next ooh where do I want to go next I want to talk about Phil Housley in Buffalo okay All this right. was actually the first thing I thought of when when we started talking about this because I just I remember watching that game. I watched I would say about half of it last night because then I just got bored with it after a minute um, with Ottawa and Buffalo last night losing four to nothing just pitiful and just yeah two horrible teams
1: they, but they look bad yeah they but, look like how do you not get up and go we we can go in and beat this Ottawa team Like yeah. let's go
0: I, I get it like Auto has nothing to play for. They're the underdog. But Nobody neither does Buffalo. Seriously. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That, like, they're not making the playoffs. They've got nothing left to really play for except for just pride at this point. And obviously, when you play the worst team, I Ob- mean.
1: Obviously, they have none.
0: Yeah, I think if this team was the way they were roster-wise the whole entire season, they could have been worse than Colorado, you know, a few years back where they set like that modern-day, just horrible point total. Yes. Um, but uh, Buffalo, 4-0 loss last night against Ottawa, and that's 13 straight losses on the road. I am just curious to see if Phil Housley actually survives the season at this point. Well, it's crazy because we actually talked about him being coach of the year. At one point. Yeah, he, they were sitting atop the East. Yes. And number one, like this team was almost at one point halfway through the season, I thought this team's got to be lock to at least get a wild card. Like they can't falter that bad. Yeah, and they it, did. It sure was looking like
1: they were going to make a push, maybe they would be one of
0: those surprise teams
1: you know you, right. you there's usually a team where it's like wow didn't expect them to be that good and yeah. you know actually now that the now that everything's kind of settled i I guess I guess what what do we say would we say that team is probably uh the New York islanders. Oh, they're definitely that, that, that team. This team. year, like, yeah, nobody expected sure. them to make the playoffs. Yeah,
0: We all had them, and I, I'm one of them at the bottom of the East, to be quite honest. I thought after losing yeah. their best scorer, and they lose Halak, he's gone. Granted, I really didn't think he was a difference maker, but you lose a guy like that, you bring in Leonard, who was just mediocre last year in Buffalo, if not below average. And, you know, granted, Barry Trotz is a great coach, but I didn't think he was going to flip him around like this. So,
1: Yeah, it helps when you're not having difficult scoring chances against you, right. you know, and things are, things are properly aligned. You're not going to have to make unbelievable saves. And, uh, that's, that's definitely something Barry Trotz has worked on the angles with them very well to where he's, they're not being put in precarious situations to make these saves that he's just not capable of making. Um, I really like the, uh, the idea of, uh, Tampa Bay breaking this wins record, dude. That's crazy to think about. Like I, th- I mean, when you think about how historic of a season they're having, it's it's like it's hardly getting talked about at all. I mean, right now, I, I looked it up before the show. So they're at they're at a plus 100 goals <laughs> differential. Stop it. The last team to have over 100 goals for or like a differential, a differential yeah. is the Ottawa Senators in oh five oh six. They were a plus 103. That was a freaking good team back then. Yes, yes. The year following that, they went to the Stanley Cup finals against the Anaheim Ducks. But, I mean, they're three three, plus goals away from tying that. Um, my guess is that they exceed that with the schedule that they have left. And so then you're looking at, you know, I didn't even go any further than that. But I did go and I was like, oh, who had the best? goal differential of all time was a 76 77 Canadians just a plus
0: 216 just a plus yeah that's not a (laughs) shocker at all to be quite honest I figured it would be that 70s mid-70s Canadian teams or or an 80s Euler team to be quite honest I would have thought anyways but just ridiculous I mean if you think about it I honestly even if they don't eclipse the 62 win record set by the Red Wings in 95 96 Um, or even if they get within one or two, I think, to be quite honest, I think that feat is more impressive to me because of how much balance the league is supposed to have right now. And that's what the salary cap was meant to do when they went through the lockout. It's supposed to create balance so that teams like we've seen it with L.A., and even Arizona, when they you know got all the way up to the Western Conference Finals, how these teams at the bottom of the standings have an opportunity to really compete against you know the top teams. It's not like the NBA yeah. now, where you yeah. just look at it and you're like, oh, there's you know Oklahoma City and Golden State, and everybody else sucks. Yeah, like that's yeah. it. So now there's competitive balance, and they're still able to go out and dominate to such an extent that we're talking about eclipsing some records here. Yeah,
1: and so I, I agree with that. On the one hand, there's. Parody is much different now. When Detroit was winning, I mean, they were spending a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Um, and when Montreal won 60 games, which is the second closest, second highest win total, uh, that team was totally stacked. They had so many, so many things working in their advantage with the draft and all these other pieces that – and, I mean, really, there was – at the
0: time, there's, what, 12 – 15 teams, something like that. Yeah. And a few, half of, of them team. were just terrible garbage right. teams with right. a lot of 40 year old veterans that
1: were washed up. Yeah, exactly. So. so there was, there was definitely not the same there. I mean, that team was crazy dominant. Um, but there definitely wasn't a bunch of other teams that were also really good. I mean, there's some right. really good teams, uh, also that, you know, that Tampa Bay has to go up against and they tend to, to blow by them. Uh, Granted, on the other side, you can say, "Well, there's shootouts now. Tampa Bay has won six games in a shootout. So, you know, there's there's six games where if this was Detroit, would have been ties. They didn't have the yeah. They right. had they, it would have been ties. Now, but then you could say, well, there because there was ties. If you really wanted those wins, you just go after it in overtime, and for the points, you don't have to necessarily go after the." Like, you know, you can play a little more defensive in overtime or you can try to keep possession for longer. And so the strategy all changes. I mean, you can you can always go back and forth on, well, but now they have this advantage. Well, but they also have this disadvantage now. So I think all in all, when everything comes together, uh, we're looking at something that's just impressive. Yeah. And you get this many wins. If they get 63 wins, that's, I mean, it's not something we've never seen before. Nope. It's, it's incredible. So yeah, I mean, and just just everything else that they're doing, they're they're going to break some, or at least push some records, and this is their year. <laughs> it's got to be their their year. They need to win the cup because I think that after this, they're going to have somebody's going to go
0: Palat or Gord, or, you know. They're, they're going to start losing well, their depth. guys. Yeah, after they're going to run into a Chicago situation where the cap starts biting them, you know, because Braden Point needs a new deal, right? You know. You Fortunately for them,
1: though, Kucherov is young and Stamkos is younger. So yeah. they're, they're not going to run into the same like their players are not only are they making a ton of money, they're
0: they're old and declining. And they got lucky that they got Hedman and McDonough on some reasonable contracts, too. The, the only question mark to me is, you know, Vasilevsky, how much does it cost them? And Braden Point, I think those are the two biggest, you know, killers right there. So we'll see. But should be interesting. All right, let's. Uh, where do you want to go next? Let's let's talk we've about got four Obi. more. Let's talk about Ovi. O-V, okay, yeah.
1: so scores number forty nine last night. Yes, I mean he'll definitely get fifty. I don't think yes. There's any question about that? He's kind of slowed down a little bit, uh, which I think is is fine. Like at this point, he's won the Stanley Cup, and now I think he's going. All right, I, I'm just gonna hang out till the playoff. Like I know, you know, obviously he's he's not taking his foot off the pedal but it's not as cru- as crucial that he scores a bunch of goals right now and although now that there's a couple players on his heel he'll probably yeah i think score some goals i
0: think early on in the season too there were he was running on a lot of adrenaline right we just won the cup all that excitement and then i think too there was a lot of doubters that oh gosh they're gonna get that stanley cup hangover ovi's been you know partying like literally till 4 a.m every night with the cup right they're not going to be able to do anything and then boom, he comes out and just lights it up. They like, did have a little bit of a slow start
1: as a team. Sure, sure. But, yeah, it's, it was crazy, though. You know, Dreisaitl's second with 46 goals, Tavares at 45. Well, it was Dreisaitl with 43, Tavares at 41. Tavares gets four goals. The next night, Dreisaitl <laughs> gets three and jumps
0: ahead of him again. Just, it's just it's crazy. Uh, it, it is crazy how quickly things can change. And Tampa Bay's yeah. got two forty 40-goal scores. When's the last time you have seen that? That's yeah, that's that's impressive. That's how dominant those guys are. But very nice. Yeah, what I'm interested in seeing is like how many fifty. If we get more than one fifty goal score this year, which would be fantastic. I can't remember the last time that's happened since the lockout. Yeah, I think we've got Ovechkin, and then
1: I I do think that Drysaddle will probably hit fifty. That would be um, nice. These are garbage games for the Oilers. They don't care. Now it's all about your own personal stats. <laughs> you best believe he's going to score a few more. Right. Uh well let's so you've got eight guys with ninety between ninety and ninety nine points will any of them cross over a hundred points to join Kucherov, McDavid and Patrick Kane. Patrick
0: Kane. Yeah, yeah. I think Drysital easy one. He's sitting at ninety nine right now, and I think, like you said, he'll probably hit fifty. So how does
1: your team have two one hundred point scores <laughs> and you you are not, like not it's not like they're just just barely missing the playoffs like they've been
0: out of the playoffs for the last. 2 months. And I read a stat too. You know, Connor McDavid, he's going to hit career highs. Um in goals I think it was. Um or maybe it was assist. I I can't remember, but it was career high in something, right? Uh Drysdale, he's hitting career high numbers. Uh, you know, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, career high numbers, Alec Chase on career high numbers. All these there's a bunch of guys on the team that are hitting career highs. And yet they're still so far out of the playoffs. That's it's mind boggling. It's just weird. Yeah. But again, I think, you know, I think people are just reading into it a little bit more. It's really, these guys don't perform that well to begin with. So now they're playing where they should be. And, you know, but um, yeah, so dry I would think he's, he's set to hit a hundred points. Crosby, he'll get pretty dang close. I think, you know, with Pittsburgh trying to push to get that number one seed. Um, You know, I don't think either one of those teams are scared to play the Islanders in the first round, but I think, I think having that home ice would be nice for either team anyways, you know, throughout most of the playoffs. So, uh, you know, Crosby might hit it. I don't, I think Boston's going to slow down. They're going to start shuffling up lines a little bit now that they've secured that number two spot. And I think you'll see guys get less ice time. So Brad Marshaw, maybe not Stamkos. Maybe we'll see how, you know, how, you know, much they, they push on the throttle. Yeah. There, how, how, how badly do they whoop teams here? At the right. End? We'll, we'll see.
1: Um, a couple more, uh, let's, let's, we'll go down to the basement and then we'll, we'll close out on a high note. Wonderful. Uh, there is a, there is a small battle for this, the lottery picks or, you know, or a higher percentage chance of, of hitting a lottery pick. Uh, right now, when you reverse engineer the league standings, you'll find of course, Ottawa at the very bottom and then, uh, LA with 64 points. Detroit was 66 and New Jersey was 67. I'm going to Buffalo is 71. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw them out, but um, (laughs) I guess they could be in there too. The Rangers also have 71. I I just, I, the Rangers have, I've only played 75 games. I I think that ultimately they, they, you know, they finish a little bit. They, they finish around where they are. Um, The real battle probably is around that LA Detroit, New Jersey. They're all within three points of each other. Uh, Ottawa isn't actually playing for a pick. Theirs belongs to Colorado, That's so, so bad. Uh, it's looking like Colorado now is I mean, what an absolute fleecing for Matt Duchesne. Uh we need it we need to go and the Matt Duchesne trade from Columbus, like we'll look that what they get. They got like a first round pick and I can't remember. A little bit yeah, I like think, a, yes. a okay return. And so that's what they got for Jack Hughes, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's rough. Oh. It's, it's rough, it's rough. And I, I think that it can't come soon enough for Otto. I, I think you're looking at another season, just like this one next year. Uh, the league needs to do something about Eugene
0: Melnick. It's, it's just he has he, they have to figure out something. Nobody wants to go play there. Nobody. So they're not going to be able to sign free agents. They're going to have to overpay guys that don't deserve, you know, more than two million dollars. They're going to have to give them five just to get sure. up to the floor. Yeah. Or they're going to have to pull, a, you know, Arizona and start taking on some bad contracts. Yeah. And, I think so too. You know, maybe Milan Lucic goes to Ottawa or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Can, yeah. Will they be
1: some team savior in terms right. of that? But I don't think they want to spend the money. No, I don't think so either. Have you seen what happens to? Different teams, if particular players retire early, like if Luongo retires early, oh the recapture penalty, the recapture stuff.
0: Yeah, I think Florida, if if Luongo retires after this year, Florida would be on the hook. I think for I think it was Florida, no, it's Vancouver. No, Florida gets on the hook for a portion of it because they took the contract on for a certain length. Uh, Vancouver. I think it's for like... Vancouver's three, like
1: 2.9 if he retires this year. Yeah, and... It's like four or five, and then it's 7.2 million... Yeah, it's a if crazy ...if he retires number. with one year left. What a stupid rule. Yeah,
0: well, they put that in in the newest CBA they to put it in guys that had 14-year contracts. That had already done it. Yeah, that had already done it. It's not like you were re-signing new yeah, contracts... Yeah, you're like, hey, okay, years. here's the rules. Okay,
1: we're going to change the rules, and we're going to punish you for, for doing things within Something the rules of the old way. right. I think it's Shea Weber. If Shea Weber retires oh my that gosh. last year, this has got to be crazy. Nashville is on the hook for $20 million
0: salary cap hit. <laughs> I think. $20 million. <laughs> How? <laughs> See, now this is where I think the Red Wings are kind of circumventing things with Zetterberg. Same deal, right? They're just putting him on IR saying, oh, right. he's hurt, which right. is, I mean, true. He can't really play, but, I mean, he would have retired. Right. So now they're right. just like, hey, just go on IR. We'll, uh, you know... X extra, We don't want to get hit with a giant cap it. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: I think the leaf souls try and do the same thing with Luongo, Patrick Marleau. Same thing. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they'll see if he. Hey,
1: maybe you don't play next. Another year.
0: Joffrey Lupul situation where he gets a second opinion and.
1: No, you're sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, sorry you you have you have a disease and you need to
0: leave. <laughs> a disease. Yeah, but back Limorally to the My gosh, I. You know how I mean? Even if Ottawa finishes in the lottery gets the first or second round or first or second overall pick. It's still a freaking steal because there's some people that think that European winger from, I can't Finland. I think it is. I can't remember his name. Yeah. That he he is almost as good, if not, maybe better because of the size. Sure. So shoot sucks to be Ottawa. Yeah, they're uh, they're definitely going to miss they out on They could have given up their player. first round pick from last year instead. Of, they're like, "No, we're going to hang on to it because we're going to be competitive." Yeah, well, they they did After. draft Matthew uh, Brady Kachuk. Yeah, I know, but still, I would rather give up Brady Kachuk than Jack Hughes. So, yeah,
1: how much worse would this team be without Brady Kachuk? Oh my gosh, it'd be terrible. Huh. Yeah, I think I think that sir, for me personally, uh, I actually I want the Red Wings to win this lottery.
0: I do well. I do too, obviously. I know, I'm I know a huge you do. Fan, but uh, I think it's best for the league because an original six franchise. I just, want Jack Hughes to go to a team that matters. Yeah, and I not really, only that, but to, get to play Toronto, that rivalry would get right. restored real quick.
1: I mean, it's it's no offense to people that cheer for the Oilers, but the Oilers don't matter right no, now. They, they don't matter.
0: Nobody watches them.
1: They got the, They. I would watch them if they were a good team, though. But they right now they don't matter, and I don't think they're ever going to be. They're not going to be managed properly until. Daryl Kate sells this team.
0: No, and the problem is when won't. you have a guy like Connor McDavid on the hook already on his new deal, like the fans want you to win now, so they're not gonna be patient for a rebuild. So it's gonna keep getting mismanaged because they're gonna try to do quick fixes, and it's just gonna bite them in the ass every right. time.
1: At what point does Connor McDavid ask for a trade? Who?
0: That's a that's a very good question. Maybe. When does he say I'm I'm done here? I'm done. Get, you trade five me. or six years maybe. I think when you're in your late 20s. What if they have another year like this next year? Does he ask for a trade? No, I don't
1: think so. I 100% think he's gone. You really think so? Oh, I think he absolutely says this is this is a dumpster fire.
0: I don't I'm think... I'm done. I don't think at any point in the next few years are you going to get half the value back in return for you'll what never, you're giving yeah, him. you'll never get it, but it doesn't matter. If he says, I want to be traded... Yeah, I guess. And I'm
1: like... I, you know, I don't... Obviously he's he's gonna make a lot of money, but if he says I want to be traded, you're gonna make this happen, uh, or you know, or, or I'll take like, what do you want him to do? I mean, I guess if a guy asks for a trade, your only hope is that they have enough integrity, and I'm not saying that he doesn't. But your only hope is that they have enough integrity to go. Well, they're not giving me a trade. I'm gonna continue to go out and play as hard as I can. Or do they just go screw you? I'm not going to, like,
0: <laughs> I'm going to play like DJ Ratty. TJ Ratty. Okay, let me ask <laughs> Ty Ratty. <I mean>, Ty Ratty. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, salary cap aside, everything like that, right? If you're Edmonton and you can you can get rid of, or not get rid of, but if you can get something decent in return for kind of McDavid, right? Say even like Detroit, right? They offer up Dylan Larkin and say, hey, we'll give you Larkin in a first round pick. I know it's not like the return back, but I mean, if you're Edmonton, do you take that? Just mm-hmm. Say, hey, we can salvage something out of this? Dylan Larkin, your
1: first round pick this year and your first round pick next year. Oh, I'm sure it would be and, three first round picks. And we're maybe sure. in the ballpark. Yeah,
0: for sure. But I mean, again, but just in terms of player talent, right? You're obviously a little bit lower, but you're like See, Yeah, okay. I think the only way that they would ever trade him is if they
1: got a a superstar back. Like let's let's go and trade for Oh, it would have to be a defenseman. Like, like a high
0: high level defenseman. Right. Uh, maybe you're a team. Maybe you're a team like Colorado. You're at the draft and you have the number one overall pick. What and about you're like, this? What if Drew Dowdy
1: gets dealt? Oh, to the to the Oilers okay. for Connor McDavid. Not straight up, but LA sends their first round pick from this year. That might be a, the first overall pick. What if it was Doughty in your first overall pick for Connor McDavid? Would you do it if you were the Oilers? Then you're getting a player who is at least in the same
0: universe. In terms of impact right. on the ice. Even, now, though, even if it's the number two pick, I think you're still getting a player that's close to talent level. And I mean, even if it's the winger from Finland, you still get a guy who now you're like, oh, we finally got a freaking winger that can play. And we can put him with Nuge and Hopkins or a dry <laughs> sidle on the first line and boom. <laughs> it's just never going to happen. I know, I know.
1: All right. Last but not least, will the St. Louis Blues grab home ice? Four wins in regulation, uh, four wins in a row and they own or. Yeah, four wins. They own the the regulation overtime tiebreaker against Nashville, so uh, they certainly have the chance to yeah. get in there and game at home
0: mice. Do you think it'll happen? I actually what a turnaround it would be. I actually do think it will happen. Um, Nashville's been kind of puttering around. They've just, I mean, they've been six three and one in the last ten, so it's not terrible hockey, but they haven't looked dominant, right? They haven't looked. Like they really are trying to grab hold of anything just like St. Louis has been St. Louis. They go out every night and they play like they like they're fighting for a bubble spot at this point. I mean, they play the Rangers and then they play the Devils, the
1: Avs, the Blackhawks, the Flyers, and the Canucks. The only playoff
0: team they have to play is Colorado. Colorado. They should grab it. They absolutely should have it. Yeah. Nashville's got to go to Pittsburgh in their next game. Like, that's going to be a battle. I, I would not be shocked if Nashville loses that. So, yeah, I, I really do think that St. Louis... Yeah, and King then they Brad. have to go and play
1: Columbus, who Columbus is fighting for their life. Uh, they do have Buffalo, Vancouver, Chicago to close out the season. So I, I would say that there's still almost an auto two wins or three wins there for Nashville. There better be. But, I mean, that's those other two games. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting because that's that that home ice, I think would mean a lot for St. Louis.
0: They just St. Louis especially. just beat the hottest team
1: in the league, Vegas, 3 to 1. Yes, but especially because Nashville is a hell of a place to play in the it playoffs really is, yeah. and I don't it think is. you want to, you know, if you can avoid playing there as much as possible, you can start a series at home and you win both those games, you're a lot less scared about going uh,
0: going to into Nashville. My gosh. Well, yeah. you think in the second round, right? You want to get that series over, and so having home ice would be better. But both these teams on the road and at home, their records are virtually identical. It's not like they're dominant more at one place right. versus the other. So right. I don't think either team cares. But, again, come playoff time, I would rather have home ice if I'm St. Louis than have to go into Nashville. I mean, the Bridgestone games. Arena is quite the place to play. <laughs> so I,
1: I guess ultimately our, I'm, I'm kind of
0: pining for that Winnipeg-Nashville rematch second round yeah I, I everybody wants it for sure but i i would not be upset to see st louis and winnipeg although regardless where nashville and st louis play i might still have a hard time taking st louis even if they're the hotter team you know going in yeah just I, I but think again so. if Binghamton starting no experience you know but whatever we'll get into that later on down the road all right well that is our show we uh i can't wait for the playoffs dude
1: so pumped 10 freaking days away as much as i love watching for these things I'm just like counting down the days. Playoffs (laughs) start on my birthday. What a birthday gift that will be. congrats. April 10th. Congrats. Yes, congrats (laughs) on being born, my friend. It was a beautiful day. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys very soon, later in the week. Uh, Keep on watching hockey. Let us know what you think of what's going on. Tweet us at OTHockeyTalk. We'll talk to you guys soon.